Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. The Panthers are playing a game this Sunday, which feels like it's been a long time since they've done that. NBA is is completely underway now. Uh, college basketball just tipped off the ACC season. All of this is happening, and it's like, wait a second, let's also pay attention to the uh, the trade deadline. It is a huge sliding doors moment for the Panthers right now. The decisions they make between now and Halloween, all the way up until 4 o'clock on Halloween, will help decide, will help mold what the Panthers look like, what the Panthers become moving forward. So you have to ask a couple what ifs, right? What if they don't trade anyone? Hmm. Because because it's such a foregone conclusion that they should. But let's be real. This front office has not always done what they should. Well, that's very true. So if, if everyone is looking at them going, hey, you probably should trade, I'm almost tempted to say there's no way they're going to. What if they don't trade anyone? Then do you know what it does? It puts the pressure on everyone you didn't trade on an expiring contract. You almost have to re-sign. The Jeremy Chins. The, the, the I mean, really, a Frankie Louvu. Right, Because if you don't trade them away now, what you're saying is there's value to keeping them on your team, and that means there's value in you you re-signing them. Or else why wouldn't you trade them and get back anything? Uh, it doesn't have to be a lot. Get back anything. Because if you don't trade them and you don't re-sign them, they walk this offseason and you get nothing. Big fat zero. What if they trade Brian Burns for two first-round picks? That's that's what I consider the good what if, right? Yeah. Because then two first round picks gives you options. And depending on who the first round picks come from, right? What you, what you want to do is identify the team that thinks they're going to be really good this year that you think is not going to be really good this year and and take advantage of their bravado. But imagine if you have two first round picks, then you can maneuver, you can go up, you can go down. You you could just make both picks if you like where they are, if you like how the the draft board falls. It gives you versatility. Something they don't have right now. Right now they have six draft picks, none in the first round. And the two firsts wouldn't likely it'd be almost impossible to get them in this first round. It'd be next year and the year after. But guess what? You can trade picks from the year after. Or you can hold them. They get more valuable over time. What if they get a massive trade offer for Derek Brown? Hmm. What about that? Because Derek Brown has value. Derek, Derek Brown is really good. But because Brian Burns exists, we some we sometimes ignore the fact that there might be a team out there that needs an interior defensive lineman more than they need an edge rusher, and they might be willing to spend to make their contendership more legit. So what if you get the call? Hey, are you moving pieces? Uh, who are you thinking about? Derek Brown. Do you hang up? Do you listen in? Does that allow you to go interesting all right maybe we'll be more comfortable keeping brian burns and signing him if we can get something of significant value for Derek brown 
What if somebody wants to package? This trade deadline has so many what ifs. It's a choose your own adventure book that's like 15,000 pages. And, hmm. and, and you might not get to them all. What if you trade for Hunter Renfro? Wait, the Clemson guy that was there for 20 seasons? The Clemson guy that was there for 20 seasons. By the way, we had we had Hunter Renfro on our Pack Therapy podcast, uh, and and somehow we got talking about uh, uh, hairstyles. Okay. The, the now the current punter for for NC State has a mullet. We got to talk about mullets. We got talking about hairstyles. Obviously, Mike Glennon, my my co-host on the podcast, is uh, as Scott Van Pelt says, he's come home. He's he's shaved shaved it all off. Uh, they were talking about Hunter Renfro. <laughs> they said Hunter Renfro's hairline started receding in eighth grade and then just stopped. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to look exactly like this for, for 30 years. But, uh, but uh, you know, he's got a little bit of that old man receding hairline. So it, d- it definitely felt like he showed up on campus at, at like 26 years old and left at 37. But, uh, but he's still in his mid twenties. And, and the Panthers, want to add wide receiver help. We've heard those reports a bunch, right? We've heard those reports. The thing I am terrified of is them giving up significant draft capital to bring in a wide receiver of value. I don't want them to do that. Not at all. Not even a little bit. So you have to look for situations that that make sense. One of them could be Renfro because he's making a bunch of money. He's in the ten to fifteen million dollars per year uh, bracket of wide receivers, and he's not vibing with Josh McDaniels. He's not, quite frankly, producing. He's not getting the opportunity to produce. But you know he can produce at the NFL level because he has. He's been a Pro Bowler. If you can get it done for something like, you know, a future sixth round for seventh round pick swap, plus we'll pay the money that you're on the hook for, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Minimal, minimal, minimal draft compensation, and we'll use some of our cap to pay him. I'm fine with that. Do you think the Panthers kind of go, lack of a better term, NBA with some of their moves and basically, hey, we got a bunch of cap space in 2024. We might give you like a like hey here's Terrace Marshall Jr. we'll take on a bad contract if you attach a good pick to it if that makes sense yes i don't i don't like know like basically buy assets I, yeah i don't know if if renfro if that contract is so bad you'd have to get a good pick but a pick yeah <laughs> like hey like we're taking this money off your books yeah give us a sixth yeah we'll, yeah. we'll give us a fifth and we'll yeah. give you Terrace Marshall Jr. and we'll take Hunter Renfro i think they'd be very interested in that you yeah. could call it nba style you could call it osweiler style the most famous NFL version of that is when when Osweiler had a bad contract with the Texans and they sent him and a second round pick to the Browns essentially for nothing just just to have the Browns pay off the rest of his deal. Uh, yeah, I think the the Panthers should be creative in assembling picks and and they should be playing this kind of sliding doors game. Which door do you want to go through? Mm-hmm. Do you want do you want to go through the trading Brian Burns? Do you want to go through the trading Derek Brown? Do you want to go through the acquiring a wide receiver? How do you want to do that, right? Because if you go, all right, I want to go through acquiring a wide receiver. You're going to get through that door. There's going to be five more doors. Do you want to spend a ton? Maybe T. Higgins is available for a ton. Do you want to go one-for-one swap with Terrace Marshall Jr., where you send out Terrace Marshall Jr., you get someone back? I'm not sure the quality of receiver that would be available in that door, but it's one you could walk through. Uh, do you want to go Hunter Renfro? Do you want to go Hollywood Brown? Do you want to go uh, – and, and and 
really upheave some things and, and float some of your defensive prospects, defensive players, Dante Jackson for a wide receiver. And with every door you walk through there, there's going to be more. Those are the options you have. And then there's always the turn around and go home option. I'm not trading with anybody. Which can happen. It absolutely can happen. Sometimes you're just too greedy. What, you want You want Brian Burns? What are you offering me? Nope, not enough. Nope, not enough. Nope, not enough. Eh, what was that? Is that the deadline? Oh, man, we... We probably would have taken that 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 second offer, but we just thought we we could get more. Trade deadline is less than a week a week away, less than a week away. How they handle these next five days will help determine how good the Panthers are next year. And and you want to give your fans that hope, right? You want to give your fans that there's always next year. If there's not always next year, you got a problem. If it's next year is going to be worse than this year, you got a problem. And there's not a lot of ways next year gets better than this year. Unless you make a couple swift and and and, and crisp and and intelligent moves. That's that's how you can give your 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 fan base the hope. And also Bryce Young the hope because he's looking around going, "Help me, help you. Help me." help you. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete Deruda, America's wealth coach and best-selling author. Coach, one of the big questions I always hear is, do I have enough money to retire? Well, maybe, maybe not. The most important thing is you have lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll design that plan for the next 10 people to call. No cost or obligation. Put yourself in control of retirement. Call 800-691-3215. You can also text Tim to 600-700. That's T-I-M to 600-700. You'll hear from Coach Pete and the Capital Financial advisory group the drive with tim donnelly here on 99.9 the fan our acc tip-off coverage continues from here in charlotte we have a uh, member of the nc state wolfpack casey morsell uh, a senior guard stopping by now uh casey first of all thank you very much for for taking the time um we were talking with with your your coach earlier and we talked with dj burns earlier and and so much of those conversations deal with kind of the uniqueness of DJ Burns, uh, both as a personality and as a a player. And uh, Coach Keats brought up that, you know, a lot of the youth basketball and the development of basketball doesn't include like post entry passes, and it's all it's all pick and roll and it's all pick and pop. Uh, does it take you a while to get used to playing with a like a, a magnetic kind of gravitational force down in the post like like DJ? Yeah, I mean, it definitely took time. Um, especially um, last year when, because uh, that, that wasn't um, our, our, our identity mm-hmm. initially. Um, and, you know, he, he was kind of um, a guy that, you know, we, we should just throw him in just for, you know, quick baskets. We need a good 15 minutes from him. And, uh, you know, when, you know, Deshaun went out, we had to, you know, then he ended up having to be in a position where he's playing 30, 35 minutes. So, um, you know, we had to learn quickly um, <laughs> and, and uh, but luckily, we, we kind of adjusted on the fly. Uh, we, we figured out, you know, different areas, you know, that he likes in terms of even when he catches it, uh, where he's looking, where he likes to look. Um, so all of that stuff just came with constant reps in practice um, because in the game we had to we had to be playing at a high level. <laughs> and, and then kind of the modern basketball element of it is the shooting, shooting, shooting. That's what, that's where you come in. Yeah. Uh, as one of the, the, the guys dependent upon the space of the floor, how does that change your role? Yeah, uh, well, I think um, I think that all you know also comes from getting to know DJ, right? Like I think you know because when he does dribble and back his you know, and, and 
make <laughs> and create space. You know, he is <laughs> always constantly um, looking to find guys. And, you know, I always kind of know exactly where he likes to throw it. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what led to me kind of getting a lot of open shots last year. But this year, um, especially now, because we are missing T and Jarkel, um, you know, the, the identity has to be a little different on the offensive end in order for, um, you know, our whole team to be successful. Uh, you bring up uh, T and Jarkel. Uh, again, we were talking with Coach Keats earlier, and, and he brought up the lack, not the lack of, but the vacating leadership from those two guys, right? When they move on, he said, you know, sometimes he talks about them so much, you guys might get tired of it. Uh, and and I, I asked him, I said, who do you think is stepping up into that leadership role? And you were the first name he mentioned. He said that has to fall on Casey Morsell. Uh, what does what does that mean to you that that you have those shoes to fill, but also that coach thinks you're the guy to fill them? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I would say even, even last year, um, you know, I would say a lot of the, you know, I had a, I had a bigger leadership role, mm -hmm. um, especially from day one in terms of hosting and bringing Jarkel, Jack, DJ, Deshaun, all of those guys in. Um, so I was the guy to kind of like show them around and everything. And this year it's kind of similar with the whole new group coming in as well. Um, so, I mean, you know, I guess in terms of, I would say, you know, I've got to be more of a, a threat on the offensive end, mm -hmm. um, definitely have to be um, more aggressive, um, you know, and I think that's kind of the biggest area of my game that I've kind of made the improvement in, um, is, you know, playmaking, setting guys up, um, because like you said, I mean, that, that is vacant, uh, you know, for us and, um, that's what this team needs in order to be successful. You, you, you brought up how you were kind of the guy to, to welcome in some of the, the transfers as a transfer yourself, but also now having filled that role one time, how, how do you do it, right? Seven new guys <laughs> this year. How do, you, how do you not have, like, the, uh, the, the old heads versus the, the, the new guys? How, how do you not let that happen? Yeah, man, I mean, everyone's different, man. Um, I think it all starts with knowing who they are as people off the court, right? I think, you know, basketball is just a, a small percentage of, you know, who the individual is. So if you can figure out who they are and what they like and, you know, how to talk to them, how to communicate. Those simple details matter in terms of winning. Um, and that's kind of been um, the approach I've kind of had is, is you know, you know, how, you know, what do they like? Well, you know, what, what makes them uncomfortable? What, you know what I mean? And, and then once you kind of figure that out, then everything all comes together slowly, but it takes time. Chemistry just isn't something that's built overnight. Outside of basketball, and this goes into kind of that, that camaraderie building. Yep. What's what's the uh, what's the game on the road? What what are you guys competing in on the the bus, the plane? Is there is there cars? <laughs> is, is it Uno? What what are we looking at? Um. Okay. So you got half the team that's really into video games, the 2K, the Madden, um, and then you had another half that's really into poker. Poker. So, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, we're we're a really good, uh, really really big poker team, and it all started. Funny story. It started with. Justin McCoy. Justin McCoy taught me how to play poker, and then I taught the rest of their team. How to... Justin McCoy taught me and TD Torn mm -hmm. how to play poker, and then it snowballed throughout the rest of the team. So, so <laughs> right now you got to pick one one gamer who's the best video gamer on the team, and and maybe yourself because I assume you're going to pick you on the poker side. Oh since yeah, you, since you yeah, taught yeah, everybody for sure. Someone <laughs> someone other than you on the poker side who who's got the uh, oh, the cards. Man, um, well, okay, best video gamer I would say is. Uh, Breon Pass. Yeah. Okay. Breon Pass is, you know, because the two Breon Pass can do a little bit of everything. DJ Burns had him as the lead singer in his mythical, really? his, his imaginary band. <laughs> now you're calling him the best gamer. He's yeah, a Renaissance I mean, man. Because, you know, the two games that everyone plays is 2K or Madden, and Breon is the only two sport athlete that we have that, that <laughs> you know, he played in high school. He played football in high school. 
Um, you know, so he's, you know, but he's really good at yeah, doing yeah. both. But poker, I would say, uh, if not me, I would say either uh, probably KJ Keats because he has a really good poker face, like really, really good. You can't tell if he's bluffing or not. Well, well that, that's that's a coach thing, right? You can't, you can't tell? I think that's where he gets it from. I think <laughs> you don't know what's coming. Poker, coach has the poker face. Uh, Casey Morsell, NC State senior guard, joining us. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, you brought up two-sport athlete. You, I want to get your perspective on kind of the the ACC as someone that's seen it from two different vantage points, right? With with UVA and NC State, yep. does does it feel weird that that Stanford, Cal, and SMU are going to be a part of that, that <laughs> conference rotation for ACC schools? <laughs> yeah, I have no clue how that's going to work. I mean, strictly because I mean, just the the time difference, and you know, just the I don't know, it's like, a lot of time for poker traveling. Yeah, there's a lot of time for poker. Um, and but also even for them, like just the style of play, like it's completely different than the Pac-12, um, ACC. I mean, it's 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 physical, man. It's it's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of tough battles in terms of guards, guard play. Um, and you know, I think they'll adjust to it, but I think it'll take time. The last one before we let you go, and we're gonna kind of combine a few of the things we've talked about. You brought up how. You know, one of the things you want to focus on is being more aggressive on, on the offensive side and, and yeah. playmaking. Uh, and then you just touch on there that the ACC is a, a real physical lead, particularly on the on the perimeter. Yep. How do you prepare for a long season ahead with this being kind of the, I mean, it's the tip off, right? The beginning of it all, knowing that you're going to have the ball more. And, and with that comes a little bit of physical punishment. Yeah, I mean, you just got to value the details, man, the little things. I think it's the things that uh, don't really require much talent that matter, right? Mm -hmm. Like how you take care of your body, how you approach the game. Um, you know, are you watching film? Do you know your opponent better than the opponent knows themselves? That's another thing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, those, those those details that don't really require talent, if you could just master those areas, um, that that's kind of the, you know, the niche to getting to getting an advantage. Casey, we appreciate you for taking the time to, to stop by. Good luck this I, season. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu.